Brazilian corruption is welcome in terms of religions. And I trust that the Spirit of God ministered to you in a special way. Tonight I hope we can begin to get into some of the things that I intended to discuss with you. Remember, we're talking about God's strategy for prospering his people. We believe that God's wisdom is greater than the wisdom of man. And if man created systems by which to advance their cause, then it is only natural that God would have a greater system to prosper, advance, preserve his people. And when we look at the scriptures, we are convinced that there is a path, a system that the Spirit of God has created for us. Yesterday, we discussed a few things around the ministry of the New Testament minister in that he is a minister of the new covenant. And this is something that I would like to go over in later parts of our camp meeting. Because I think it is very important we understand what we should expect from New Testament ministry. So, this we see in the Word of God. <sighs> Believe, child of God. And before I go further, the Holy Spirit said to me, Tonight, I am healing cancer. If there is anyone watching this broadcast who has cancer, that matter of what kind, the Spirit of God is going to heal you through the ministry of God's Word. And even if you will be watching this after this broadcast has streamed, that same power will meet your need. And this is what the Holy Ghost said to me while I was contemplating on the Lord this afternoon. That I'm going to heal cancer. So continue watching and allow the ministry 
of the Spirit of God to be transmitted into your body. And that devil of infirmity will leave your body. Will leave your body. Oh, <laughs> my God. I already sense the healing anointing. Just lift up your hands. In the name of Jesus, you devils of infirmity, sickness, and disease, I command you right now to come out of their bodies. I see someone who has a child diagnosed hmm. with autism. That devil leaves your child right now. And the healing power of God flows through them. I see someone suffering from rhomboid thrombosis. Be healed. That swelling leaves your legs right now. Yes, the power of God is going through you right now. Be free of that heart condition. Be free. Be free. Under the power of the Holy Ghost. Be free. Or whatever healing you need. Whatever healing of the body you need. Receive it right now. Receive it right now. In the name of Jesus. Oh, the anointing of God is so strong. Receive it. Receive it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, I did not know that was going to happen. <laughs> I did not know. All I was told was when you get before the camera, tell them I'm healing cancer. And as I said that, the healing anointing came. 
He is doing the rest. Hallelujah. The Lord doesn't want me to start. Lord, Lord. <laughs> Ooh, Jesus. Mm. Let me start. Let me start. Let me start. The same presence in the studio is duplicated right where you are. right where you are. Somebody's mother needs deliverance. By the power of the Holy Ghost, I send deliverance to her. Masharuto. You know, it's important we flow with the anointing of God's Spirit. You know, there are times where Jesus said, preach and heal. But there are times when he said, heal and preach. So I believe this is one of those times where we heal first and then we teach later. The power of God is present to heal. Karilo Zogredize. The Lord is showing me a woman that's been struggling with her womb. You are unable to carry to term. Miscarriages. The last one you had is the last one. No more, says the Spirit of the Living God. In fact, right now, every woman that has been have challenges of the womb, the power of God heals you. The power of God heals you. Be free. Be free right now in the name of Jesus. You can send in those testimonies. Go to Holy holyspiritstabernacle.org.za and go to the contact section and fill the form and write your testimony so that we can share with the people of God. Because I know somebody behind that screen has been touched by the power of God. So don't wait. Testify. Testify. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That healing anointing has lifted. I think I can teach now. Amen. So I was saying to you <laughs> that God has a system. A system for prospering his people for preserving his people. And that system 
has been laid out to us in the scriptures. Can I show you something? My Bible now is open on Ephesians 4. But the Spirit is leading me somewhere else. <laughs> I hope I can come back here. Turn to Luke. Chapter 4. Verse 1. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan. Lower my uh, monitor, please. No, up. Perfect. Returned from the Jordan and was led. Lift it up a little bit. One, just press one. Good. And was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Jesus, being full of the Spirit, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Being tempted, you know, uh, some other variations of this account in the gospel does not communicate it the same way. In Matthew, it, it almost suggests that the temptations came after the 40 days. But when we look at Luke's account, we are shown that the temptations were for 40 days. So it wasn't like he fasted or went into the wilderness and he was fasting for 40 days. Then after 40 days, Satan came. But throughout the 40 days, there were a series of temptations. So the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be tried. To be tried, to be tempted. So the temptations of Jesus were for 40 days carried out, administered by the devil. So Jesus goes into the wilderness with the Spirit. He is tempted with the Spirit of God in him. So it wasn't though, or like he was in the wilderness without the spirit. He was in the wilderness with the spirit. So he was tempted by the spirit of God. I mean, by Satan with the spirit of God. Because the spirit of God wanted him there. It was the will of God. So for 40 days, being tempted... By the devil. 
And in those days, he ate nothing. I wish I could stay on that for a while. Because this is a mystery. That when you feel tempted, don't eat. This, this is not talking about temptation of food. There were different temptations that Jesus went through. And he stayed away from food. That means if he had eaten, he would follow it. He would have yielded to the temptation. This almost, in fact not almost, this implies that food is a weakness. That there is a dimension of strength that you will miss out on if you eat all the time. Because the Bible says, remember, these, these, these temptations were spiritual. These temptations were within the soul. These temptations were within the flesh. And Jesus said, I will not eat. That means abstinence from food provides spiritual strength. This is one of the reasons why God said to Adam, you must fast from this tree. So even in the garden, there is the element of abstaining from food. I don't want to stay there. Because some Christians are eaters. That's why there's so much weakness in Christianity. Because we love delicacies. Anyways. In those days he ate nothing. And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the son of God, Command these stone or this stone to become bread. It's a temptation. That means this is something Jesus was thinking about. This is something Jesus was considering. Because it is a temptation. So probably the Lord was looking at that stone. And he was like, <laughs> this can become bread. And he knew it. Because God's word has conversion power. Amen. The stone was an object of the word. So Jesus, probably in his mind, was like, let me command the stone. Just command this. So Satan knew the power, the authority Jesus had access to. He was aware that Jesus could command and alter anything he wanted. So he said, command this stone to become bread. So child of God, the stone could become bread. It was a temptation. That means the possibility for the stone to become bread existed. So the stone could become, remember, Jesus turned water into wine. He demonstrated this ability 
later on, the Bible says, when he began to manifest his glory, and he turned water into wine. He changed the molecular structure of water. Because Mary said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. That means he changed it by saying, Malemo Torah. And Satan is presenting the same temptation. But this time it's on his terms. He says, turn the stone. Command the stone to become bread. So the stone could become bread. The word of God can bring you, child of God, to a dimension of life where there is nothing you cannot do. But Jesus answered him, saying, It is written. Jesus, Jesus replied to the temptation. This is how he ward off Satan's temptation. He said, It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And Satan lost the round. He conceded. Because that means not even devils can argue with what is written. It means that devils respect the written word. This is Jesus, beloved. He could have said, oh man, how can you ask me if I am the son of God? Yeah. Didn't you hear the voice? The voice spoke. He could have said, the rhema word of God released this statement. Mm -mm. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Satan was telling him, to use the word to turn the stone into bread, to prove his sonship. But Jesus said, I live. I live by the word. You understand? Satan was saying, use the word. Jesus said, I live by the word. I live by the word. <laughs> this is what I wanted us to look at. Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him. That means there is a vantage point in the spirit where you could stand and see all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. The Bible says, the devil showed Jesus all the kingdoms, not of God, but the kingdoms of the world. 
the kingdoms of the world. He showed him the empires in the earth. And these empires belonged to him. Belong to who? To Satan. It's a temptation. That means Satan knew Jesus came to reclaim these kingdoms. He must have had some knowledge that Jesus wanted these kingdoms reclaimed back to his rightful owner, which was Adam. And he came as the second Adam. So he could have legal rights or legal claim if he met the demands of justice on these kingdoms. So Satan says, all authority. So this means that the kingdoms of this world are run, are governed by authority, by spiritual authority. Because Satan said, all this authority I will give you and their glory for they are delivered or they have been delivered to me. The word they should have been betrayed to me. And I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. Satan himself let us in to the secret of accessing the glories, the authorities of the kingdoms of this world. He said, worship. So he said, anybody who worships me will be granted a, a piece, a part of the authority, a share in the glory. Worship me. Worship me. told Jesus, I give it to whomever I wish. He wasn't telling a lie. Because if he was, Jesus would have noted. So he wasn't telling a lie. So all the kingdoms of this world at that time had been betrayed to Satan by Adam who was the first God of this world. And Jesus came and Satan knew that Jesus came to reclaim it. So he says, I'll give it to you. All you need to do is worship me. Is worship this means that mammon operates by worship. That those who worship mammon the most will have access to his resources. This tells us that if a man is not glorious, I mean, or, or, or is not rich toward God or has glory that comes from God, 
he must have bowed. If a man's riches is not attributed to God, he has bowed. They are compromises that he has done. Because this shows us that glory, wealth, authority is spiritual in nature. That a man just doesn't rise in authority. That no one just rises and attains wealth. No one just arises and access and have access to the glories of the kingdoms of the world. There is a sacrifice that has to be made, which is the sacrifice of worship. And the body is involved in that. <laughs> so Satan says, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. This is what Satan has been telling every single person who have sold their souls to him. I don't want much. Worship me. That means seize ownership of your life to me. Because that's what proskaneo means. It means to seize ownership of your life. And render it to the ownership of that which you worship. You cannot serve God and Mammon. Because these two operates on different systems. The system of God is not like the system of this world, the system of the cosmos, the system of Mammon. It is not. And Jesus knew it. Let's look at Jesus' response. And Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan. There it is again. For it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. This means that God's methodology of accessing glory, of accessing what? Authority, of accessing wealth and riches, is the same way because Satan is not an originator of anything. He copies what God does. So the principle of worship in act to access the, the glories, the authority, the power comes from God. So Jesus says, I, 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 I don't need to worship you. I, I, I have to worship God and him alone will I serve. And he says, the worship of God, the service of God, is a system by itself. So no man who worships God will come to ruins. No man who serves God will come to ruins. Who do you serve? Who does your worship? belong to.
Ask yourself that question. Because this determines the system by which you operate. The modus operandi of your life. Men were created to serve the interests of spirits. That is the design of man. To become hosts of spirits. Not only of the personality of spirits, but of the will, the purposes, the plans of spirits. So God puts man in this physical dimension to express his will in heaven. But then there is another who desires to be like God. So he tries and acts like God and makes himself God. This is one of the things that the Antichrist will do when he comes. He will establish himself as God and above everything that is God. That's what the Bible says. So it is the nature of Satan to try to be like God. That's what caused him to fall. Because he said, I will be like the most high God. Well, we are closest to being like God than he is. That's why Satan hates man. Because man is the closest thing to God. Maskida. So what I'm saying to you, beloved, is that God has a plan. God has a strategy. The problem is that the church has deviated from the ancient parts of God. We have sought our own and expected his blessing. That's why we are in shambles. But thank God, light has come. And the light of God is increasing. Dare believe. Dare believe. Dare believe. Oh. Hosea. Let's go to Hosea again. I want to show you something. Hosea chapter 12 verse 13. By a prophet... The Lord, so the ministry gifts are the strategy by which God brings out his people out of bondage. Remember, Egypt signifies bondage. What did Pharaoh say after God sent Moses and Aaron to and the elders of Israel to him? To let his people go that they may worship him. Pharaoh said the people are what? They are lazy. They are idle minded. So what did he do? He increased work. He increased work and did what? And removed the resources, the tools. And expected the same output. 
It can't be God's will. It, it can't be God's plan. It can't, it can't be God's desire to have his people vexed by the toil of this system. Some work seven days a week. No time for family, no time for rest, no time for recreation, no time to seek and pursue one's own gifts and talents. Because they're chasing dough. <laughs> Child of God, there's a system. There's a path, there's a way. Oh, let's read it. By a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. By a prophet, he was preserved. Did you read that? Did you see that? He said, by a prophet. So every prayer you will ask from God, whether it is one of deliverance, of provision, he says the ministry gift will be the answer to that prayer. So the ministry gifts of Jesus to his church are God's answers to your prayers. You need deliverance, ministry gift. You need provision, ministry gift. You need prosperity, ministry gift. You need authority, ministry gift. You need a matter resolved, ministry gift. Paul rebuked the church in Corinth because they went to the courts to resolve issues. He says, he says why did you not go to one of your brethren? For he says, we shall be judges of angels. So we, do you not know that we shall judge angels? Ministry gift. So he heard their cry. He came down to send Moses. God didn't go and address Israel and say, I have heard your prayer. No, the presence of Moses was proof that God heard them. The order of God is eternal, is ancient. It is not, ancient does not mean old. Ancient means perpetual. So Israel, when, when a Pharaoh arose that did not know Joseph, he began, the Bible says, this is, where, this is where the bondage began, the slavery began. And they groaned and cried, and God heard it. And what was God's solution? A man, a prophet. A ministry gift. This means that God's solution to the problems of his people is a ministry gift. 
Remember what he told Abraham. He said, after 400 years, I will bring them out with great wealth. And who was the strategy? A prophet. The riches, the prosperity, the wealth, the glory of the body of Christ lies in the ministry gifts. So, I did not say human beings. I said ministry gifts. Because human beings embody ministry gifts. Ministry gifts comes upon the humans. Ministry gifts. It's a system. The favor by which Israel was going to plunder Egypt. Ministry gifts. You need my office to prosper. Well, you can choose to prosper Pharaoh's way. You can try. Let's see how far that would get you. But if you're going to prosper God's way, if you're going to enter into graces and dimensions of wealth, a ministry gift, remember the lamb was slain to receive power and riches. And that riches, that power is bestowed upon the ministry gifts. It is the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. When you see a ministry gift, you see a representation, the image of the invisible Christ. An apostle, a prophet, an evangelist, a pastor, and a teacher is a, oh God, is the image, is the representation of the absent Christ on earth. You see, this is who they are. This is what Jesus had made. They just don't know it yet. They think their duty is just to preach and holler, big revelation. No, your duty is to deliver God's people into their inheritance. Psalm 105. Psalm 105. Oh, glory. I want you to read verse 37. He also brought them out with silver and gold. Now here's a question you must ask. And this is what I asked myself. Why would God bring them out of silver, with silver and gold if where they were going, where he promised Abraham they would end up was a land full of that silver and gold? Flowing with milk and honey. Vineyards of all sorts. Why is God sending them out with silver and gold? Whereas where they are going, there is silver and gold.
What was the purpose? Well, they spent 40 years in the wilderness. What was the silver and gold for? What, what were they going to use the silver and gold for? They are in the wilderness. They cry for water. God says, Moses, give them water. They cry for meat. God says, Moses, give them meat. They were not going to buy anything in the wilderness. It was going to be given by Moses. When I started uh, the camp meeting, I said, the greatest move of the spirit in the earth must be ushered in or preceded by an abundance, a deluge, a flood of wealth and prosperity upon the church of God. You read the book of Acts, it is the same principle. Before the great glory, the great grace, there was what? There was the consolation that was brought into the church where no one lacked. How everybody sold and came and gave at the apostles' feet. So there was prosperity before there was demonstration of power. Is a pattern of God. So why did he bring them out, deliver them with gold? We are getting ready to plunder this world. Believe it or not, this is what's going to happen. No, they, they call it a wealth transfer in certain Christians. This is a plundering. We will take spoils from this world. You see, God has not given his people the duty of toil, the duty of laboring for silver. He has given that to the sinner. If you're going to labor to have as much as the sinner, you're not operating the kingdom way. For your father knows that the things you seek, all the things which the Gentiles need, you need. He knows it. He knows it because he knows you live in the world. But he doesn't say go seek after them like the Gentiles. No, he says, seek first the kingdom. So the prescriptions of God is to seek the kingdom, is to seek his ways, is to seek his path. Then all the things that the Gentiles seek after will be added. You will not go for them. They will come to you. They will gravitate to you. They will pull toward you. Because you seek the kingdom. Men who are after the kingdom, men who seek the kingdom, are gravitas. They are gravitational pulls. They are magnets of wealth. They are magnets of resources. There is no man who has ever sought kingdom before any other thing. There has never risen above this system, above this world. So he brought them out with silver and gold for the purpose of worship. So it was prosperity that was used for the worship of God. 
That's why Satan introduced worship to and linked it with prosperity and glory to the kingdoms. Because prosperity and the worship of God go hand in hand. You, can, you cannot separate. They are married. No man can accomplish the purposes, the plans of God on earth without prosperity. Because prosperity is married to the plans of God. The worship of God is merit. Listen, you can't worship God with you. You can't. You can't. There's a liberty you can't access if you don't have prosperity in your life. There's a dimension of worship you'll never be able to access without prosperity in your life. Men without prosperity are bound men, no matter how many times they pray in tongues. Bob says the wisdom of a poor man is never regarded, even though it may save a city. It's not wisdom we lack, beloved, in the body of Christ. What we lack is the affluence, the glory of the kingdom. So he brought them out so they may worship him. I told you, it's not prayers that build the temple. It's gold. It's silver. Because God said to Moses, the sign will be you will worship me. On this mountain. He also brought them out with silver and gold. And there was none. <laughs> there was none feeble. Cast down. Overthrown. Rotten. Weak. Among them. Egypt was glad when they departed. I, I, want to, I want to read you verse 42 to 45. For he remembered his holy promise and Abraham his servant. He brought out his people with joy. His chosen ones with gladness. If there was a time to rejoice, is this season. If there was a time to be glad in the Lord, is this season. If there was a time to be full of joy, is this season, beloved brother, beloved sister, because the Spirit of God is getting ready to plunder this world, this system, for your sake. The Bible says, those who favor his righteous cause. You know, if you've been watching the, 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 the morning service, 
the morning sessions uh, hosted by Pastor Raphael. He speaks about bread and butter. How that, he says, my child, eat bread, eat butter, eat honey. And he says, that is prosperity. Listen to that message. It will change your mind. It will change your life. Honey and butter. My God. Ah! Woo! Jesus. And this is what the Spirit of God is getting ready to feed us. Honey and butter. If there was a time to be glad, is now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, on the 19th of March, 2020, we were having church service and I was taking in the visions of God and the Spirit of God says, what is this that has crippled the nations? Does it not come out from the laboratories of the earth? And the Spirit of God says, fear not. Fear not. They can try. They will not succeed. The Bible says in, in, in Psalm chapter 2, it says, Why? Why do the kings of the earth gather themselves together against the Holy One and His anointed and take counsel against Him, saying, Let us break our bonds from Him. But the Bible says, He that sits in the heavens shall laugh. And this is what we are doing now at their plans. We are laughing. Because they don't know too much. We are coming. We are coming. We, we, are, we are the winds of the spirit. That will rattle the leaves of this world. We are coming. We are coming. With the force. With the power. And the authority of his spirit. Prison will not stop us. The threat of death will not stop us. Guns will not stop us. Military artillery will not stop us. We come in the name of Jesus and our ranks we will not break. Boy, we know who we are. We know who we are. We serve the God who bringeth down fire upon the earth. We serve a God who sits enthroned upon the circle of the earth. And all the silver, all the gold in this world belongs to him. And by reason of that fact, it belongs to everyone who answers the name of Jesus. Everyone who is called by his name. The gold is ours. In days not too far from now, we will be standing on our window doors. We will be standing on our doors with our hands lifted. And we will say, Father, let the gold in the north, let the gold in the east, we will redistribute, redistribute glory to the nations of the earth. The power belongs to us. 
not to them. Sevara Klonza. Verse 44. He gave them the lands. <laughs> he gave them the lands of the nations. <laughs> he, ooh, he gave them the lands of the Gentiles. And they inherited the labor of nations. He gave them. He gave them. He gave them. The lands of the Gentiles. Raise your consciousness. Child of God. This world belongs to you. Raise your consciousness. Raise your consciousness. Receive Christ's consciousness. This world is yours. This world is here to serve you. To serve the interests of Christ. He gave them. And if he gave them, he's going to give us. Because our promises stand on a better covenant. <laughs> if he gave them, he's going to give us much more. And they inherited. They did not labor. They inherited the labor of the nations. We will plunder this world. I said to you, there is something that's going to happen this year that's going to bring the nations into economic arrest. <laughs> but it's no matter. For you, it's no matter. You will inherit their labor. Their efforts to destroy you, they will be working for your good. Listen, listen for to the purpose for which they inherited the labor of these nations. Verse 45. That they might observe. He, God does not want you distracted. He says the reason why he gave them the lands and they inherited the labor of nations. He says they, that they may observe his statutes and keep his laws. The Lord doesn't want us distracted. Listen, we are entering a dimension where God's people will not need to work. Where Gentiles will be working for them. This is a prophetic promise that is going to be fulfilled now in this age of the church. Oh, let, let, let me, let, listen, I told you, the temple is built with glory, is built with silver and gold. Let me show you something. Isaiah, oh, wait, let's wait there. 
Ecclesiastes, and then Isaiah. I'm coming into my element. You know, as the days progress, progress, I'm coming into my element. I'm getting used to this thing. And trust me, it's a good thing. Because the lion is coming out of his dwelling. The Bible says, my God, if when the lion roars, who, who can but prophesy? And trust me, I'm a lion. I'm a lion. I'm a lion. And I'm about to roar. I'm about to roar. As we go deeper and deeper into this camp meeting, I, the roar in me is, is rising. I can, I can feel it. It's rising. The boldness, the boldness to speak what the authority of the Spirit is rising. I can feel it. I can feel it. Oh, my God. Oh, glory. Ecclesiastes chapter 2. For God gives wisdom and knowledge and joy to a man who is good in his sight. But to the sinner, he gives the work of gathering and collecting. According to God, all the men on the Forbes list, they are gathering and collecting. It is the work God has given them to gather and collect. That's why the richest in the world are the sinners. Because they've been given the work, the labor, the toil of gathering and collecting. That he may give it to him who is good before God. Our position in Christ, is that we must be good before God. He says this, this, this goodness before God is what attracts the giving of the sinner into our hands. Listen, this favor is coming on the body of Christ. This year, it's on the body of Christ. As we moved into the new year, the Spirit of God released it. All we have to do is align ourselves. Be good toward God. Be good in the eyes of God. Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61. Verse 5. Ooh, strangers <laughs> shall stand and feed your flocks. And the sons of the foreigner shall be your plowman and your vine dresser. But you shall be named the priests of the Lord. All, all we're going to be doing 
as this year is crumbling, as this world is crumbling, we're going to be carrying out priesthood. Our duty is priesthood. Listen, the world is our servant. Its wealth is our heritage. Our duty is to function in the priesthood. <laughs> but you shall be named priest of the Lord. They shall call you servants of our God. You shall eat. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles. And in their glory, you shall boast. In their glory, you shall boast. You will eat their riches. Instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. <laughs> and instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. Hallelujah. 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 Oh. There's a way this thing is going to take place, child of God. Oh, let, let, let me read you Isaiah 60. Let me read Isaiah 60. Because we are coming into it. Verse 1. The first thing you must do, you must arise. The second thing you must do is that you must shine. I speak on this. On my message on the mystery of eternity. Listen to it. You will know how to shine when you listen to that. For your light has come. You can find that on Spotify and every other podcast uh, platform you can find it. Just uh, search Holy Spirit's tabernacle and you will find it. For your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Not going to be risen. It is risen. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. The destruction, the calamity shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. And this is what's befalling the nations right now. As I speak, the nations have been plunged into darkness. But the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. Hallelujah. The Gentiles shall come to your light. And kings to the brightness of your rising. I want to show you something. I want to show you something. Then you shall see and become radiant. And your heart shall swell. Notice everywhere there's, there's the mention of wealth. There's the mention of plundering. There's the mention of this sort of favor. There's joy. While the nations will be fretting, we will be joying in the Lord. <laughs> Your heart shall swell with joy because the abundance of the sea. The Bible, many times, when it refers to the sea, it refers to the peoples. It refers to the nations. The abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the Gentile, it shall come to you. Yay, it shall come to you. That means all the wealth that is in this world knows where you live. Wealth knows how to locate the beloved of Zion. 
He says it shall come to, no matter where you are, yeah. it shall come to you. It shall come to you. The wealth of the Gentiles, it shall come to you. It will leave their hands and it shall come to you. You don't have to try and make it come to you. I told you there is a system. There is a system. And this is the prophetic promise that has been kept for the age of the church. It says the wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. The multitude of camels shall cover your land. The dormitories of Midian and Ephah, all those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and incense. And they shall proclaim the praises of the Lord. All the flocks of Kedah shall be gathered to you. The rams on Naboth shall minister to you. And they shall ascend with acceptance on my altar. And I will glorify the house of my glory. I want, you, I want you to listen to this. I want you to listen to this. <laughs> Ooh, glory to God. Glory to God. You shall drink the milk of Gentiles, verse 16, and milk the breasts of kings. You shall milk the breasts of kings. You shall milk the breasts of kings. <laughs> oh, listen, the nations will serve us. The nations will serve us. I said the nations will serve us. Verse 9, surely the coastland shall wait for me and the sheep of Tashish will come first to bring your sons from afar. They are silver and they are gold with them. To the name of the Lord. The address is the name of the Lord. The address is the name of the Lord. Therefore, verse 11, your gates shall be open continually. They shall not be shut by day or night, that man may bring to you the wealth of the... Man, not you, man. Man may bring to you the wealth of the Gentiles and their kings in procession. But there is a system. <laughs> the Spirit of God said to me one day, there is enough grace in the ministry gifts to make every single member of my body super wealthy. Super wealthy. So what we are endeavoring to do is dig in. Dig in. The operation of the spirit. The way of the spirit. The patterns of the spirit. To understand how is God intending for us to position ourselves. Because it's going to happen. It's going to happen.
This is for tomorrow. This is for tomorrow. Say, I'm a child of prosperity. I'm a child of wealth. Hallelujah. I establish the covenants of God. Let me give you a taster for tomorrow. In Hebrews chapter 11. See, you see we've been avoiding unintentionally, Ephesians 4. Because really, in my heart, that's where I want to go. But by the Spirit, that's not where we should go now. But we will go. Hebrews 11. <laughs> the rod of our priesthood. The scepter of righteousness. Will be felt in the world. Hebrews 11. By faith. See, what, what I'm going to tell you now, you can only understand it through one way, faith. If you don't understand it, that means you don't have faith. Because the only way you can understand these things is through faith. And maybe in, in, when, when we move into the second week, we'll begin to touch on faith a little bit because it's an important ingredient to this dimension, to walking in this dimension of prosperity in the kingdom. But for now, let me, let me just give you this. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed. The word the worlds is the word aeon. Aeon means successive ages or time in perpetuity. He says, these worlds were framed, were katatizo. The word katatizo means to repair, it means to adjust, it means to frame, it means to mend, it means to uh, uh, restore, it means to build, it means to perfect. So he says, the worlds were repaired. So any reparations that were needed in the aeons, which were, happened, through the word of God. Any restoration that needed to be done in an aeon, it was done by the word. Any perfection that was required in an age, in a generation. So maybe we should use the word generation there to, for you to have a, a, a better sense of understanding of what this uh, scripture is communicating. He says the generations... So our generation needs framing. Our generation needs mending. 
Because our generation is out of alignment. But there's a way God is going to bring alignment into it, the generation. It is going to be through the word of God, by the word of God. He says, we understand this by faith, that the worlds, the generation, the ages were framed, repaired, mended, brought together by the word. The word there is rima, by the spoken word of God. So God speaks to frame. God speaks to katatizo. This is a word that's so important, vital that you, you grasp. Because this is the key into entering into the, 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 the treasuries, the abundance that God has reserved. He said this katatizo happened by the word of God. So framing is a consequence of the spoken word. So that the things which were seen were not made of things. I think now I can enter into Ephesians 4 to show you something. Ephesians 4. So the worlds, the ages, the generations were framed by the rhema of God. Right? But I wanted to keep the Greek word, the katatizo. The, the worlds were katatizoed by rhema. Yeah. Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 11. And he himself gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors. The reason why I do not read it as the New King James, some to be, is because it should not be some, uh, I mean to be. It should be some, because if you read the apostles, he didn't say some to be apostles. He said some. So he, if it was meant to be, or was it was initially some to be, it should have read some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, but it was not. So they add, like adding things for, for coherence, for understanding. I don't know why they shouldn't leave things as the Spirit of God intended for them to be. Because this, you know, when you read some things like this, you get agitated because you can see that there's an agenda that these translations are after. Let's read that. And he himself gave some apostles. He gave some apostles. You understand? He gave some. Not, he, he gave a people, his church. He gave some in his church apostles. Some in his church prophets. You understand? He gave them some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists. And Jesus is the one doing this. Paul says, I'm an apostle of God. Not by the will of man, but by the commandment of God and Jesus Christ our Lord. You know, the body of Christ has adopted customs that has destroyed many lives. Let me leave it. Let me leave it. Because I'll get into trouble for sounding controversial. 
Jesus is the one that calls apostles and gives the apostles. He says he himself. Not he through someone. He himself. Today, men are being made apostles by other men. Men are being made prophets by other men. Not by Jesus Christ. Why? And we live in a generation in the church where if a man is not made an apostle, a prophet by another man, he is not a genuine one. The Bible says, my Bible says, he himself. Not he by someone else, he himself. So Jesus is responsible for the bestowal and the commissioning of these gifts. Not a man. Not a man. The validation of a ministry gift is not what an elder or a senior says. You know, because some people make themselves seniors or elders. And because of that title, they feel like they can say, you're an apostle, you're not an apostle. No, the validation, they're what we call credentials. They're what we call credentials, qualifications for the expression of this gift. Because a person can call themselves apostles all they want. They can call themselves a prophet all they want. You can't force the power. Unless you do it through some other occultic means. But if you're going to do it the Jesus way, you can't fake it. We don't make ourselves. We are made. Follow me and I will make you. We are made because we follow him. Not because we follow some man or some prominent pitch. No, we follow Christ. Christ is the standard. It's this Christianities of papas and mamas that has created delinquents in the body of Christ without power. My father said this. My father said this. My father. There's no room for the spirit of God anymore. We are apostles, not by the will of men. Whether you like me or not, I I don't I don't I I don't operate in the capacity of an apostle to please you. We are not pleasers of men. I wasn't called to please you. Paul says, if I, if, I were, if I were to please men, desire to please men, I will not be a servant of God. The fact that I'm a servant of God should displease you. We are servants. Paul says, have, have we not proof of our apostleship? The signs of our apostleship. That presence of God in your room right now is proof of this apostleship, of this prophetic ministry that's ministering to you now. I don't come to you in the name of Papa so-and-so, Mama so-and-so. I come to you in the name of Jesus, the one who declared me an apostle and a prophet to the nations. So you don't need to like, I don't need you to like me or to love me. It's he himself. 
And you don't need to belong to some second fraternity for you to be a true servant of God. The only fraternity you need to belong to is the fraternity of Christ. That's the most important one. Hallelujah. He himself. He himself. He himself. We don't fulfill God's will, God's purposes in the earth as, as amigos. And he, yeah, and he himself gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors for the equipping of the saints. Listen to the purpose for which he gave the body these ministry gifts. He says the purpose was for what? The equipping. Now the word they equipping, remember Katatizo? The word they're equipping is the word katatismos. It only appears once. That means it was a word that was created for this particular communication. If the worlds, I, I think I'll pause there. If the worlds were katatizod by the rhema of God, that means the ministry gifts have been given the authority to operate in the dimension of rhema for the purpose of catatismos. Because you cannot catatizo the aeons without the rhema. Therefore, by consequence, you also cannot catatismos the saints without rhema. So the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher must carry rhema. So the height of the ministry gifts is Rima. That's why in every ministry gift, there must be the presence of the prophetic element, the prophetic ministry, because of katatizo. It is katatizo. Um, uh, 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 it is katatizo for the reason of katatizo that Rima is there. So rhema must be present in every ministry gift. That means every ministry gift must have a dimension in the prophetic in order to what? To catatismos the saints. Without which no catatismo, no perfection, no equipping, no perfecting, no furnishing can take place. I told you, a prophet is a prophet because he speaks the words of God. So that means every ministry gift has the prophetic element in it. Remember what Moses said, I would all God's people 
be prophets. That's why in the New Testament, the gift of prophecy is accessible by every believer. But there is the office of a prophet from which Rima is executed for the purpose of catatismos. And there are three layers to the meaning of catatismos. We will deal with it tomorrow. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I hope you learned something this evening, beloved. I hope you learned something. We are getting somewhere. We are making inroads. We are getting deeper into this thing. God has a strategy to advance you, to prosper you, to deliver you. It doesn't matter which station, which estate you have found yourself in life. I tell you now that there is a change coming in your life. In 2022, there is a change. You will come into prosperity. You will come into the goodness of God. You will come into a deliverance. You will come into a manifestation of the word of God. I am telling you this, not because I wish it to be so. I am telling you this because the spirit of God is fixing to make this a reality in your life. This is going to be a reality. Yes, we must believe in Jesus. We must have faith in the Holy Ghost. Have faith in the Father. But there's an also another element you must consider. How strong is your faith in the ministry gift? You must have faith. You must believe in me as an apostle, as a prophet. You must believe in the prophets and servants of God around the world that are designated by the Spirit of God for the purpose of advancing His cause in the earth and prospering you in the process. Oh, you thought it was the big ministries, the television ministries, the ones that are garnering and, and gathering numbers that are going to be the deliverance instruments for this generation. A little one shall become a thousand. A small one shall become a nation. For I, the Lord, will hasten it in his time. We are not intimidated. That's why we can speak boldly. Because our words are not backed up by wind. Empty words. No, they are backed up by the glory, by the power, by the presence of Almighty God. He sent us to you. That's why we can speak with so much freedom and boldness. Because we are sent to you to liberate you into your inheritance. Get ready, get ready, woo, get ready. Get ready, child of God, prepare thyself. Sanctify thyself. For the Lord thy God will do mighty wonders in your life. In days not too far from now, there is going to be a move of the Spirit of God. Yes, it's going to come. It is coming. It is coming. The waves are building up. Oh, yeah, they are building up. They are building up. The waves of the Spirit are building up. And let me tell you something, my beloved brother and sister, there's going to be a tsunami of the move of the Spirit of God in your life this year.
The tectonic plates of destiny are moving, are shaking, are shifting. There is a shift in your life. I'm telling you this by the unction of the Holy Ghost. There is a shift coming in your life. A new season of the spirit of the living God. The Spirit of God said, tell them the grace, the unction of Solomon is released. Is released to dream dreams that make them rich. Hey, to dream dreams that make them wise. To dream dreams that give them affluence. The Spirit of God is opening up the vision dimensions. The, yes, the dream dimensions. Of, yes, yes, for these are doors. These are access ways into riches, into wisdom, into wealth. Have I not said that in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon my sons and my daughters and the young man shall prophesy the old man, yes, yeah, shall dream dreams, and the young man shall see visions, and he, ba, 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 even upon my maid servants and my man servants, I'll pour my spirit. Did I not say it? And I'm pouring my spirit now through this camp meeting. Throughout this camp meeting, I'm pouring my spirit. The visions will increase, the dreams will increase, and these are dreams with guaranteed manifestations, instant manifestation, sudden manifestations the spirit of the living God. Ooh. You are coming into a season of suddenlies. You are coming into it. A season of suddenlies. A season of extreme exponential multiplication. The Mimshak anointing is released on your life this evening. Is released. The anointing to expand. The anointing to cover regions. The anointing to spread. The anointing I command a spreading in your life. A spreading on the left hand. A spreading on the right hand. I command a break forth in your life in the name of Jesus. There's a breaking forth taking place. There's a breaking forth. You are breaking forth into a new season. A breaking forth into your own. Yes, yes, you are breaking forth in the power of the Spirit of God. Eh, la, 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 la. God says, I will give you an opportunity. That will make up for many lost opportunities in your life. Yeah, we are, we are releasing Rhema right now. Yes, it's already begun. It's Rhema we are releasing. Yes, we are, we are freeing. We are, are catatizoing you. There are things that are brought into alignment. God is strengthening your foundations. These are not words of a man. These are words of the Spirit. God is strengthening your foundations.
There's a write-off taking place. A write-off of generational patterns, generational reoccurrences, and destiny manipulators are being destroyed in your life. Destiny hindrances and hinderers are being removed. Hallelujah. Oh, let's pray in the spirit for a few seconds. Oh, Clevaria Sandu repenta kale. Lundra plante cle rutle pepenino co shalabradai. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Sai paranta cole. Melaglanta o jalifranze bredina catracula paraban jaladi. Bless the Lord. Throughout this camp meeting, find an hour every day to pray in the Spirit. Find an hour every day, whether it's in the early mornings of the day or the late evenings. Find an hour to pray in the Holy Ghost. Find an hour to pray in the Holy Ghost. Something is changing in your life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's continue tomorrow. Send in those testimonies. HolySpiritsTabernacle.org.za and go to the contact form and fill out your testimony. Because the Spirit of God is moving. He's working. He's active. And His Word is yielding fruit. Is yielding results. Well, I love you. I'll see you tomorrow. God bless you.